hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only podcast with Matt Gerrard and myself, John Phipps. Um, it's our 55th episode this week of the show. It's going to be another busy one. And uh, I looked up 55 and I've got nothing. Matt, any significance you can find for that number for me? 55, 55. No, there isn't many songs of 55. Well, I think it was 57. We could probably have a whole show on 57. Uh, 55. I'll be 55 in 12 years. Okay, yeah, I'll take that. Exactly, yeah, yeah. As I'm at home, John, I can. Uh, I'm not in the office. I can probably Google 55. I, d- I, I did it. I did it. It was, it was pointless. 55 is a data company in London which leveraged their data to increase business performance and adopt a marketing, smarter marketing approach. Wow. Maybe they, maybe they can uh, market the number one and only Kent Nonley product. <laughs> there you go. I'll tell you what, I suppose uh, at 55, you could say if a child is born today, I'll be 55 on its 18th birthday, which is very depressing. Um, well, not less than me, it's 12 years. Well, yeah, but... I'm 55, so I can take my pension out of 55, well... It was worth nothing at the moment. Can't you take you? You can take uh, a cash sum from your pension, which put the pension's pretty pathetic at the moment, anyway. So, but yeah, yeah. So we look forward to talking about pensions if we're still going in twelve years' time. Well, I, I wouldn't get your hopes up on that one, mate. I wouldn't start no, banking on it. Um, <laughs> the, the, oh, there's been some IT issues here. I'm going to level with everyone. The, the script that I wrote this afternoon has completely disappeared out of my uh, out of the ether which has uh, quite irritated me, if I'm brutally honest. So we're kind of going on the fly tonight. But sometimes, do you know what? That's better than normal. Um, let's say it's our 50th episode this week. It is also half term. Um, so I'd, I'm intrigued to know just what Team Gerard have been up to uh, during their week off. Uh, we've decorated my eldest daughter's bedroom. Uh, well, my wife did because she's a bit used to decorating. So I was looking after the kids and we made slime. If anybody out there has ever made slime, if you go on YouTube, I don't think you probably have you go on YouTube, everybody makes slime on there, and it takes about three minutes. We must have done it about five times now, and none of it ever has come out of slime. So if anybody's got a good recipe for slime that actually works, because after about ten minutes, the kids are bored saying, well, it should be working, and B, they use half my contact lens solution and my uh, uh, shaving foam, because they're supposed to be the accelerant, and that might be the correct word for the thickener for it. So, yeah, complete waste of time making slime. I've been to the dump about three times to get rid of rubbish in the house. Out and about, like lunches out, um, and watching telly and all things like that. I've got to get more out tomorrow, see mum and dad. So yeah, half term. So it's good not to be at work, but yeah. So the uh, disappointment about slime, which always is a disappointment. So yeah, yeah that's probably, that's the thing. Yeah, but nice to be off work, and I am watching. Was nine was like nine o'clock now, so I have got the BT Gold Show, which is one of the best programs on. Telly, so if I shout, always oh, been a goal somewhere, I'll be watching something from that. But yeah, apart from that, I'm good, John. Yeah, living the dream, as they say. Excellent. I'm I'm glad to hear it. Um, so yeah, this week obviously it was the FA Cup on Saturday. Last week I had an inkling. Oh, one thing, John, I did say. Go on. I found a program uh, on ITV Call Four called Football Heroes. It's a football quiz show. Wow. Have you caught up with it? I haven't. I, I think I've heard of it. Yeah, it's, it's one of these, uh, apparently some bloke from The Chase is on it, and it's that um, uh, comedian who always does the one-line answers. I can't remember his name. He's in that other programme with um, Tim Vine, is it? Yeah, Tim Vine, yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's on it. So that, yeah, uh, basically, I watched it, because I think I've got good football knowledge, and I watched it around my parents' house, for some reason, and my sister was there. And I think I got 
about 80 percent of the questions right so of course i was pretty you know full of myself and quite that happy but yeah it's one of those football quiz questions that you think they're pretty easy all the way i think but yeah but i'll continue to watch it and apparently dully tamlet are one of the competitors on on a later episode and i think we have a dully tamlet fan who actually listens to the pod so um, we do and i'm sure he's in a very good mood um actually today i know we are a ken non podcast but uh, Dulwich have announced, uh, I think it was last night, that they're going to be going home. They're going back to Champion Hill, which is absolutely fantastic news for that club, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't... Uh, I words and words about what happened about that. But, um, yeah, fantastic uh, news for them. And hopefully they can move on from there. And if they can work that out, you know, the world is a oyster, I suppose, with the crowds they get. But, yeah, good news for them. That's a, l- a good bit of news from Kent, from non-league football. Not Kent non-league football, but non-league football because there's, there's, there's normally... Uh, there's always normally bad news with teams going belly up, etc. Yeah, just and just before we actually move on into the podcast, I do just want to say um, I did mention a couple of weeks ago how we'd like to see get reviews and how it sort of boosts us. And um, we've now had eight five star reviews on the uh, iPhone podcast app, and um, one of them has, has left a comment, and I'm pretty sure I know who it is. Um, but I just would like to share this comment because I really like it. Um, the, the title is a mint feast of a podcast, and then it says if you enjoy hearing about the latest reviews and the utter despair of a Dover fan, then this podcast has at all it even covers non-league football in kent and i think that kind of sums up uh, the first few minutes of this week's show as well uh, and also i will say um will it be kim joy will it be rahul or will it be um ruby i've got well into bake i've never watched any of them before but we watch it as a family and i've quite into it so it's the final but the finals next tuesday i'm at football so we'll probably record it next wednesday so i won't actually know the result I'll try and avoid the result a la, a la um, the likelihoods, but probably they'll be all over the news. But yeah, well into Baycock, so. We've got to be careful because last year old Prue um, tweeted out congratulations to the winner at lunchtime on the Tuesday, didn't she? So uh... Yeah, but, but even, even we've enjoyed it so much with the powers of television these days. We're watching this last year's series at the moment. And I, I remember that and I'm trying to work out who won, but I, thankfully my brain is not that clever unless you trying to remember goal scorers from 1986 i can't remember actually what who won that one but um, we're quite enjoying that as well so yeah basically basically it's bake off heaven in our house now and i quite like the mighty bush and sandy toxic but i never knew mary berry and the other thing and oh, change the subject again john if i don't know if i told you this one on a train home one day my wife and my oldest daughter i don't think my youngest daughter was born i sat next to paul hollywood on the train because i think he lives in alsham or he used to before he's bad boy antics moved him away so i sat next to him on the train didn't say a word to him and all he did was play on his phone and everybody i spoke to after him said you should have got a selfie with him but then uh, i didn't but if i saw him now i'd definitely get a selfie with him so yeah sat on the train next to paul hollywood uh, and he didn't utter a word to me and i didn't utter a word to him i'm surprised he didn't ask you for a selfie um <laughs> yeah, true. anyway this weekend it was the fa cup we had four teams uh, five teams sorry from our non-league teams trying to get through and four of them made it all and some really good results that the one that we thought i think was going to struggle the most was maidstone united matt but absolutely fantastic win for them beating leighton orient 2-0 harry wheeler spoke to us on our radio show on monday night and said as far as he's concerned leighton orient will win the league or it had already won at the Gallagher. I don't think anyone gave much of a prayer. But then they go and get a great result. Good goal from Blair Turgut as well. And they've got a home tie against Macclesfield. Great weekend for Maidstone. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. Good goal from Blair Turgut. I've seen the goal and, you know, I can't take it away from him, but I'm 
sure Justin Edinburgh said, well, somebody put a tackle in because he run basically all down the left-hand side and slotted the ball in the net. Yeah, well, my concern is about Maystone scoring goals. Turgut scored before them. They got Elliot Romain, who I quite rate as well. When he was playing for Torquay, I thought he's a decent player. He'll play on the shoulder of the last man and it'll cause problems. So, yeah, didn't see that coming. I thought Leighton Orient would be well up for the, the cup and I didn't think Maystone would have the quality to, to break them down. But, yeah, really good one. And I think a really good draw for them as well against Macclesfield in the what could have been the Jay Saunders derby. Um, losing and lost 5-0 at home, didn't they, last night, um, Macclesfield. So, uh, definitely think um, it's an opportunity for... Um, for Maidstone to get through, yeah, good, good, good draw for Maidstone. The Gallagher Stadium, I'm sure, uh, will be rocking for that. Um, I think out of all the chance sides getting through, they've probably got a good chance. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I guess last year Macclesfield at home, even though the top of the league wasn't a big game, but the Magic of the Cup that will be a big game. We've already talked. I don't think they're going to get televised on that one, but it's got a chance of being one of the Sunday games, and, and I'm sure that the, the Maidstone fans, as you say, will pack that stadium out. Yeah, I think they've enjoyed the cup run over the last couple of years. Of course, the Stevenage, which was a big day for them, won in it. Cheltenham had to, um, desperate to get back into the third round, and they've got a very good opportunity against the Macclesfield side, you know, who overachieved last season. Liverpool have got a penalty, John, by the way. About to tell you on that, so it could be 3 0. Salah's about to step up. We're doing a bit of world football as well today. Yeah, but I think Maidstone, they'd be absolutely delighted with that. There's no reason they've got to fear Macclesfield. So uh, I think uh, we could have some side, at least one side in the second round. Yes, um, we'll move on now to where you were on Saturday, Matt. We uh, you went off to Concord Rangers and and saw the mighty Whites um, progress with a one nil win. They left it late, but one nil win over Concord Rangers. The goal scorer was that man again, Iniefiong, and his reward for scoring again was an interview with Matt Gerrard for the Kent on League podcast. Well, and for Radio Kent as well. But anyway, here is Iniefiong talking to Matt. The manager said he didn't fancy from the free kick, but explain that one. Top corner job. Um, to be fair, since I've come here, obviously I've been saying to the boys I'm actually decent at free kicks, but they didn't want to believe me until today. I just said, no, nah, I'm on it. I sort of felt it, you know what I mean? And there's a good sort of distance as well for me as well. So yeah, I fancy myself 100%. Did you feel when you hit it, it was going in? Yeah, as soon as I got, all I had to do was just get over the wall. As soon as I got over the wall, I just knew that that, that was going in because the keeper gave me quite a bit to work with as well. So it helped. Uh, you know, three goals in two games. You didn't score beforehand. Strikers game, it's a confidence game, is it? Yeah, it's a confidence game. Oh, I'm like a confident sort of player, but um, it is a confidence game and we just had to get a new impetus. Obviously, the new manager came in, just gave us a little bit of belief, obviously, in us as players and everything like that. And yeah, like he's pushed the balls along. Obviously, training's been gruelling and hard, but we've all enjoyed it and it's a new new impetus. Everyone's got like, a fresh, clean slate, so that's what it was. This full-time training, what does that involve? Is it more daytime training rather than the evening you were doing previously? Yeah, yeah it's daytime training, obviously. Um, the daytime training helps. It is good because obviously we get more fitness in and with this league, it's a tough league. So a lot of clubs are going full time. So if you're not full time, you're sort of like lagging behind, which is obviously what we was and our league position shows that. So obviously we're full time. Hopefully we get more fitness in and we can obviously run, and run into teams because we've got good players here. It's not a case of us having bad players. It's just the way that we was playing at the moment didn't really suit some of the players. So, and that's what it was. And the new managers come in, giving us a good faith and to go ahead with things. Yeah. What would you say your strengths are? Um, well, I'm going to hold up the ball I'm quite quick, obviously. And obviously, I do normally score goals. <laughs> but obviously, it just hasn't happened happened at the start of the season. But obviously, I've got a good run now. So hopefully, more to come. Last year, I think you did a good run with Woken in the FA Cup. So it's a competition that's been good for you over the past couple of years. Yeah, no, Woken, we've done really well. Obviously, we got to the second round. We beat Berry, and we 
um, got a replay against Peterborough. Should have beaten him at our place, but yeah, it's a good, it's a good, it's a good cup to have. It's a good experience, obviously, playing against good league teams and just testing yourself against the best. That's all. Andy Hessenthal, new manager, come in. What have, what have you made? Have you never worked with him before? What, what strengths do you think he's got as a manager? Um, well, he's very direct and he knows what he wants. Obviously, he's got a style of play that he wants us to do. Like so, we have a DNA. So, say if things weren't to go, was to go wrong, he still would want us to carry on doing what we do and what we work on in training and things like that. So, he's very stuck in his ways of what he does. But he plays, likes to play football and play the right way, and obviously drag people out to bring people in. And yeah, he's a good, he's a good manager. Obviously, like he's, he's a kind man as well. So it's good. I like him. Exactly. Yeah, three goals in two games. Big some big league games coming up as well. Now, the manager said the cup can be a good distraction for you. But you look at the next three. League games before the next round of the cup is against sides in and around you, so they're massive, aren't they? Yeah, they're massive games. We need to take as much points as possible from these games. Obviously, we've got good momentum at the moment. Obviously, we've got a draw, which we should have won, obviously, at Harrogate, and we've got a win here today, even though it was very tough. They made it very hard for us. It was a slug. But obviously, at the end of the day, we just got the win and into the first round of the FA Cup. But the next three games are vital for us, obviously, in our league position. And I think we will get out of it. It's not a problem. We just need to work hard together and stick at it. The team spirit, you think since the new manager's come in, it's gone up a bit level? level? Yeah, the team spirit's definitely gone up. Obviously, everyone's... um, because everyone just starts on a clean slate, so everyone's trying to impress the manager and things like that, and to show him that obviously we are a good team, and you might not need to bring in four or five players because you actually have the players there. We just need to play the right way and give some of the boys obviously a bit of faith in their ability, and then we'll be fine. Man reborn, isn't he, Matt? Yeah, I, I didn't think. Um, yeah, to be fair to him, Dover sort of played one up, so it was a tough old gig for him to be honest, because um, there was no link up play between the midfield and the. Uh, and himself, but he ran his me and he got a free kick and he bent it in the corner, which is what we needed. Um, all the Dover fans were sort of looking at each other as first win in six months. I've actually seen him win, so everybody was really pleased. Uh, they drew it out. I think a draw was probably a fair result. Dover defensively looked pretty solid, gone to four at the back. Essam and Lockhart against um, Alex Wall. We know him from his um, Darford days, a real tough uh, attacker, but Dover defended pretty well, I thought. and Delighted for the win and a clean sheet. So fingers crossed, um, we can build on that. And Ineffi Young, if he can get some support, um, I think that will help him out a little bit. And I'm still quite surprised Dave haven't brought any more more than two players in, the left back and uh, Stuart Lewis at the moment. I'm sure Andy Hessenthal is working on it because I think he still needs um, a link up man between the midfield and attack and another striker. I'd be concerned if I was Toby Show Silver, Jamie Allen. I really rate, but he seemed a bit off the pace on um, uh, Saturday and, you know, Dover needs to get, hit the ground running at the minute. So um, I think uh, another striker, and we have heard Kedwell's name on numerous occasions, uh, could be the way forward. And um, Concord Rangers, I know they're obviously not a, a Kent side, but um, it's a tough place to go, isn't it? It's not the most um, salubrious of surroundings, shall we say. And I suppose you say that a draw is probably a fair result. So I guess they're a side who... Our National League South teams, who we'll talk about shortly, they should be looking out for. Yeah, I didn't think they, they huffed and puffed. Again, defenders were on top. Um, interesting ground when you're sort of next to the caravan park behind it. Very friendly people there. Um, Sammy Moore, I think he wants to work his way up the pyramid. He's got a nice club there. Um, I didn't think the ground was too bad. Of course, you've got one main stand where you're sitting in and the rest is pretty much open. It's down on quite a nice street with some nice houses down. But uh, yeah, I think... Um, yeah, I didn't think they'd have the quality to get into the playoffs, but um, it was a, a good win for Dover, and you know everybody seemed, you know everybody knew each other in this sort of thing. The Sammy Moore and Andy Asatala 
sort of a bit of a loving him, but Dover came home and, and had the delights of uh, Greater Manchester in the next round. That's going to be my exact next statement. Bury away for the Whites. Now, I haven't been that excited about a cup draw for, for many years. Matt and I actually watched it together in the studio in Tunbridge Wells. And it, Matt will tell you, every single potentially terrible tie that came out, I was going, go on, ball 80, ball 80, just to wind up my co-host. And then Berry came out. And I think by then I'd actually given up. But uh, not an ideal draw. Um, they're in a bit of form. Nicky Maynard's scoring a lot of goals for Berry, But it's the FA Cup, isn't it? So you can't write anything off, but not the tie that Dover would have wanted. No, well, I think it's probably it's a free hit, really. Uh, if they lose to Berry, nobody's going to be um, too shocked. If they get a draw against Berry, everybody will be excited. Berry, um, a solid, decent club at that level. Nicky Maynard probably shouldn't play for that level. I think Jason uh, Jermaine Beckford's still there, but I think he might be injured still. So, Neil Dan's, yeah, solid outfit. They should beat Dover, I would have thought. Um, but you never know, this could be the new Dover, the to be honest, the next three games are crucial for Dover and anything you get out of Berry, you, you take a bit. It's a bit of a long trek. I don't think um, for various reasons, because plus I've got to go out on a Saturday night, I'll be doing the five and a half hour trip to, to Berry, but I'll be there in spirit. So on that point. Kenton on the podcast hosted by Fairweather football fans. Um, <laughs> Anyway, uh, Ebbs, Ebbs United won 4-0 home win for them over Worthing which they, they probably needed they were obviously expected to beat a team two levels below them um, but they won in style and they got that monkey off their back at home they've got a home time next round as well against Cheltenham Town again like, Mackles, like Mason against Macclesfield that's a winnable tie for Fleet isn't it but most importantly they'll be happy after a, a turbulent week off the field which we'll talk about shortly but they got in the hat and, and, and they're at home in the next round yeah, it was a potential banana skin, wasn't it, for them, really? After the clear weapons, 24 hours before that, good, a, a decent result showed their quality. And again, Cheltenham at home, Cheltenham not putting up these tr- too many trees, a new manager comes in. Um, I think Cheltenham was a bit of a harder game than um, than Macclesfield for, for, for Ebbsfleet. And maybe Cheltenham, who considered they've gone back into the league, have struggled a little bit. They'll be desperate for a cup run for the money to add to the, to the finances of that. So, it's it's a winnable tie, um, not a particularly sexy tie for them, but they're at home, and again they'll be trying to do their, what they the level best to um, to get, keep that home form going. So yeah, I think um, they'll be pleased with that. We should see how interesting they got on. But yeah, it's been an interesting couple of days before that for Ebbsfleet. Yeah, indeed. Um, obviously, there was the the restructuring of the management team or the coaching team, which saw Steve Grit um, depart and. One other who, whose name has escaped me at the moment, Matt. Uh, it was Grit and Jupp, wasn't it? David Jupp. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, but they still had they've still got three other coaches working alongside Darren McMahon. Um, interesting article on the from the Kent Messenger laying out just how bad the uh, the problems have been. We we kind of have our ears to the ground. We had heard a few whispers that that things weren't right 100 percent at Ebbsfleet, and that may have had something to do with their form. And uh, I suppose it's it's an interesting time. And, and when you're not having as good a season as you expect, this is the last thing that Ebbsfleet and their manager, Darren McMahon, and their fans will want to hear. Yeah, we did have whispers. There was a few um, issues going on, particularly in pre-season, that they had a few concerns. And looking into it, you, you could probably think um, they should be doing better. It's probably a top four, top five budget for that division. You do know... You know, for whispers how much certain players are on, which is a lot higher than certain players at that level. But yeah, 
it'd be interesting. Again, I'm, no players have gone out just yet. There was rumours that Michael Cheek was going when nothing this time has gone at the moment. Um, I say the Kev Wall to Dover one, I have heard over the last couple of weeks. There will be a few players that Dover will be, um, I would have thought, be interested in if they can get hold of them as well and if they're willing to sort of pay the big wages. I don't think they can afford the wages that Epsley are on, but it could be an interesting few times. And maybe they've, with no players going out at the minute, maybe they've sort of managed to, to quell that and maybe the 25 grand for winning the FA Cup has, uh, has kept the vultures from the door. I don't know how bad it is at Epsley, but I don't think it's, you know, his statement came out saying that he'd still, club's got to be self-sufficient, but I think um, all clubs really should be looking at that. But we something to follow in the next few weeks as well. And, but we know Daryl McMahon was very upset about losing that coaching team, so there probably is still a few issues got ongoing. Yeah, last time by no means least in the uh, of the National League sides who made it through. Uh, Bromley, winners at Gloucester. I think that was a, a, a tricky tie for them. Frankie Raymond scored the goal that took them through and then they probably got the tie of the round and the one of our teams that I think has got the best chance of being televised at home to high-flying League One side Peterborough United and you've got to be really chuffed for Neil Smith and hopefully the cameras will come along and have a look at Bromley. Yeah, you, you have the stat that they've won a first-round tie since just after the Second World War, about nearly 70 years ago, so... 70-plus um, years now it'll be. So, yeah, they're really pleased for Bromley. I think um, you know, they're a club on the up. Um, I think it is a good chance for the TV. Peterborough are good at home. Peterborough had a good result last night. Peterborough got bigger bigger Barry Frisch to fry, I suppose, when you look at it when they want to get promoted to the championship. But, yeah, Bromley, yeah, I think, have got some uh, a good chance of that. It's going to be a tough game, but, um, yeah, of all, the, of all the sides we've got, I think um, that's the best tie of the lot. And, the kind of tie that, you know, we'd, I'd like to see Dover get, really, Peterborough at home, because that should be packed out down at uh, Hayes Lane. And it's going to be a tough one, but no reason that we've seen that Bromley are a cup side over the last year. Hopefully that continues. Yeah, and, and you know, Pete, it'll be on, a, on the 3G pitch as well, won't it, at, at, at Hayes Lane? And I'm sure um, Steve Evans will have the odd thing to say about, um, to say about that sort of thing. And, um, you know, I, th- I think that... That is a game that it should get people just looking at it. You know, if you look at the draw, yeah, there are some cracking ties in there. Harringay Borough against Wimbledon, absolutely fantastic, um, fantastic tie for them. That one, I'm sure that one will be on the television. Um, they haven't announced it yet, have they? The they haven't yet, no. Um, so, but hopefully Bromley will be in with a shout. Um, it'd just be, uh, yeah, it'd just be really good for 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 them to, to have that opportunity because it doesn't come along every day. And and the money as well, the, the money from a televised game really, really helps, doesn't it? Yeah, there might be one of the ones they've got. I think they have a two o'clock one, don't they, on a Saturday that goes around the world. You don't get as much money, but um, it could be that they get that sort of game on that. So it might be an early kickoff from that. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see it. But yeah, the money comes in handy. But I think Bromley, particularly with the film, the Bromley boys out, I think it, it's got the... Um, FA Cup romance for that particular tie as well, because particularly if you look at the stats, they haven't won it since that time. The the media will all be over that, and and they've got the Steve Evans effect. Uh, Obviously, the final team who were in the FA Cup are sadly no longer in the FA Cup. Welling United beating at Woking, but they probably won't be too upset to have missed out on a trip to Torquay in the first round proper, which incidentally is a phrase that does my head in because... Look at all the rounds we've already covered in this competition. And should point out as well that that 1945 stat about Bromley came from our good friend at FA Cup Fat File. And you really should follow him and read his blog because it is 
absolutely essential reading. Um, this weekend... What a spreadsheet or... that must be, eh? Sorry? What a spreadsheet that must be. It must be. Um, this week, there are two fixtures for our National League teams. Uh, Dover play at Braintree on Saturday and then are at home on Tuesday evening against Dagenham and Redbridge. Uh, on Sat- also on Saturday, it's Bournemouth against Bromley. Ebb Street United travel to Salford City and Maidstone home to Solihull. While on Tuesday, it's Bromley against Braintree. And the Kent Derby between Ebbsfleet and Maidstone. That always has a little bit of needle to it, that one, doesn't it? Yeah, Jack Powell going back to... Who's at home? Ebbsfleet, are they? Yeah. Yeah, that's a big game down there. Um, so I think the game, there's some big games for all our Kent sides coming up <laughs> in the next week or so. It'll be interesting to see where they are. Yeah, it is a big game, of course. The famous playoff victory for Maidstone a couple of years ago. I think uh, Ebbsfleet beaten twice last season to Maidstone. I think it's a good test for Maidstone to see where they are. And, and where, where Ebbsfleet are as well. No quarter um, given in that same, so that's probably uh, probably the game of the season thus far, I would say, for all our um, for our Kent sides in the National League. So, of course, when David play Maidstone on uh, Boxing Day and New Year's Day, they're big games as well. But this is an interesting game. I don't know why they're playing it on a Tuesday in October. Really, should be a bank holiday game, but you know, you can ask the fixture compilers from that. But yeah, interesting, interesting uh, week ahead in the National League, I think. Yeah, in the National League South, um, Dartford played on Saturday in the league and had a really good result. They beat Dulwich Hamlet 2-1. And believe it or not, Matt, Dartford are sixth in the National League South. And I, I remember last year the National League South table being ridiculous. Well, it's back. Wealdstone in fourth have 21 points, which is the same number as Dartford. Dulwich Hamlet in 16th have 17. So that's four points separating fourth to 16th place. Absolute madness again. And Dartford just goes to show, because, you know, we've all said they've made a bit of a slow start, but there they are, they're sitting in six. Yeah, they've played a game more than some of the others, but that's that's no mean feat for them. And a bit of news for them uh, player-wise this week. Um, Darren Ibrahim has announced his retirement because he's gone to become a full-time goalkeeping coach at Charlton. But Ryan Hayes has returned to the club, even though he's currently injured after falling down a hole, apparently. I don't know if you've heard that one, Matt. I did read that. I, I, I know you'll... You're all a bit of a, a fan of Ryan Hayes. Um, he's, we had this conversation, who would be in a Matthew Gerrard 11? Um, uh, Ryan Hayes, uh, I, I, as you know, I've been brought up on the Christian Air School of Management from the mid-80s until he recently departed. So, yeah, he, great player, Ryan Hayes. Can put a ball in a sixpence and ping one in from 30 yards now and again. But for me, doesn't work hard enough. So, um it's good to have him back at Darford. I don't know what went wrong at Concord, but um, one thing is stat for Darford, 13 games, 14 goals. I think this time last season, they were banging in goals left, right and centre, but you think the strikers they've got, um, they should be scoring a bit more, but they've used a hell of a lot of players this season, Darford, in the opening 13 games, haven't they? So, um, it seems to be every week they're bringing in, bringing in players, so it um, shows maybe the management duo are just not happy with the squad at the moment. Yeah, Dartford are away at Truro on Saturday while Welling are at home to Gloucester City. And then on Tuesday, uh, Welling go to St Albans. Dartford have midweek off because that's where that Dulwich game, game play came from. But Welling still second in the table um, and still flying high, just two points behind Bellericke at the top. And, and Gloucester down in 18th. You think that's a game that they've got a good chance of winning on Saturday? Yeah, I think um, they want to get over the disappointment going out of the cup. Uh, to Woking, I think they were in the tie until they had the player sent off. Still quite top of the table. Bit of Ricky top though. Yeah, I think, yeah, normally Steve Evans' sides are good at home and he's done that so far. So, uh, 
forget about the FA Cup and concentrate on the league, Welling. But as we said, I think, I think at the start of the season, I think Welling got a good chance to get at least get the playoffs to see. In the Bostick League Premier Division, Tunbridge Angels continued their perfect away record in the league on Saturday by winning at home at Hornchurch. But then on Tuesday night, they went down to a home defeat against Enfield Town, and Enfield are now only one point behind them in the league table. But Tunbridge Angels are still top. Um, Margate had a good 0-0 draw at Bognor Regis on Saturday, uh, a game that was very much marred by Tom Winter's injury. Um, before their game on Tuesday night was called off due to a power cut. Um, and folks in Victor, their poor forms continued. They lost both their games this week. Uh, they lost down at Lewis on Saturday and were beaten 3-2 by Carl Shorten Athletic on Tuesday night. And, and we should talk about Margate and Tom Winter. Matt, such a blow for him. And, and you, you know Tom quite well. He's, he's a nice lad and, and such a shame to see that happen to him. Yeah, he's um, a really good player. Everybody's got a really high... Uh, opinion of him if you go to any club he's really he's one of these wacky sort of characters a good footballer but great in the dressing room um, uh, yeah he's a plumber so he used to work for I don't know if he still works in it one of the guys who sponsors Dover and that's one of the reasons he stayed at Dover when they got promoted that he would give him the day as off to go to these long trips and then from there yeah he snapped his Achilles which I, I know a couple of people have done and apparently that's one of the most painful things you can do. So, yeah, solid player. Margate's injury problems continue, but hopefully I think Margate are doing a few things for him because he won't be able to work. He's just had another child as well. So, yeah, top bloke, Tom Winter. He's probably the funniest man you'll ever meet. You know, he's one of these people who take the mick out of you from the minute he uh, um, sees you. So, yeah, yeah, top man he is. So, um, yeah, good, good luck. And hopefully he'll be back at bright to uh, start of next season because that's a, a nasty injury. Yeah, and frustrating for them as well to lose that game on Tuesday night due to a power cut because half-term week, I think they were hopefully getting a good crowd down there and they never even let anyone in the stadium because there was just nothing they could do. Yeah, I didn't... I didn't. I checked this morning, I looked for the score and realised it's a power cut. It's, it's always... Um, as I work in IT, the biggest concern you ever get is the power cuts in that the UPS kits in and the kit just goes off. Normally, the biggest concern you get... I don't know, didn't know much about it. If it was just Hartstown Park or was it the area? Was there much thing or was it just in the football ground? I think it might have been a, a little bit around the area, but obviously there's not a lot specifically around Hartstown Park itself anyway, really, is there? Well, it's a park and, and there's some houses, I suppose, but yeah, not from there. Yeah. So, disappointment. I suppose um, Hornchurch would have travelled, so um, Margate will go again. But they were Margate in the League ninth. Need to improve their thing, but it's still quite a tight division. You, you think Tommy James won all their away games. If they'd have picked up you know, they lost three at home. If they'd won two of them, they'd be marching clear of the table. So it's still quite clear. And Kent's own Billy Bricknell, who's had a couple of Kent or three Kent clubs, uh, banging them in there. Still quite a tight division on that. But Tommy Daniels probably thinking what could have been if they'd uh, at least picked up a couple more points in their home games. Yeah, in the Bostic League South East Division, um, Cray Wanderers are still top of the table after their 2 1 win at Herne Bay on Saturday and also Cray Wanderers have had another important victory as their stadiums moved a step closer Matt and I know it's something that we've spoken about before we spoke about last season and it's now back in the hands of the Mayor of London to see if this if this new stadium in Sid Cup for Cray Wanderers is going to go through Yeah, have they got um, a date when they're expecting it to be to be hearing what's going through? I don't think they have got a date yet But again, this has been going on for a number of years hasn't it? So I think we had something about the programme last year about this so fingers crossed um, again, keep well, keeping my eyes on social media, but Cray Wanderers doing very well, uh, averaging nearly three goals a game again. They started well last season and they tailed off, but hopefully, um, 
I presume the early part of next year they'll get to know what's happening about the ground on the time scale on these things. They can go from there. But looking at the table, how come Hastings have only played seven league games and we're thinking it's um, nearly uh, nearly November? Absolutely crazy. They'll be kept playing catch-up already. But tight division, but Craig doing well. Hopefully they get back and continue. I don't know why Hastings are always playing catch-up, but they are every single season. Um, elsewhere in that division this week, um, Ramsgate were two on winners at Greenwich Borough. Uh, it was 7 Oaks 1, Ashford, Ta- Ashford United 0, Sittingbourne 1, Phoenix Sports 1, Hythe Town 1, 3-2 at Three Bridges, and VCD Athletic beat Whitstable Town 3-1. And Faversham Town lost their first game post-return of 4-2 against Haywards Heath. And saw this week that Clive Walker, your mate, is going to be in charge until they appoint a manager. And they've, they've basically said application's in by the 5th of November. Um, and... If you've not heard by the seventh, then you've been unsuccessful. So very transparent period, and, and obviously they're in no rush to make sure they make the right decision, get the right appointment. Yeah, I, I presume it'll be a, an interesting one. Shows that you know they, they probably weren't expecting Ray, you know, Ray Turner resigned or get rid of him before. Nothing's been in place for that. Clive Walker, he's been in football a long, long time. So yeah, interesting to see. I'm sure they get some good applicants. We know. Uh, Tommy Warlow's no longer in work, demise of Thamesmead. And there'll be a couple of, you know, people interested in that job. It'd be interesting. I think you need somebody who knows the Kent scene to get that job rather than maybe coming from Essex. But a decent club, Faversham, and we'll see you going from there. I mentioned your results there. Ashford, John, and they started the season with three wins, but they're really struggling at the, struggling at the moment. Ashford and one of our tips to do well this season. Yeah, exactly. And, and they, did, they started like a train. And, and I did say last week when I said about that fixture that it's polar opposites at the start of the season for Seven Oaks and Ashford. Seven Oaks had a really slow start. Ashford went out of the blocks really quickly. But now the tables have turned and Seven Oaks are, are in good form. Ashford not so much. And a good win for Seven Oaks, that kind of finding their feet fine at this level, as we said they would. Yeah, yeah I think when you spoke to um, Mickey Collins about this, you know, he knew early doors, probably some of the players, and he you know, moved players on, but he's worked out the division. That's a good result for them. And, I think they'll be absolutely delighted. Twelve points from their opening ten games. Yeah, still, a, still a long way to go, but they'll they'll get better as the league goes on, and I'm sure they can make the home a, a fortress as it was last season as well. Yeah, and we spoke last week about Thamesmead. Um, it has been confirmed now that the club has gone. Um, don't want to plug it too much over and over again because you you may have already heard it, but we spoke to both Paul Bowden Brown and Tommy Warlow on our radio show on Monday night, and I really recommend that you listen to that. Um, on listen again on BBC iPlayer because it was a really it was hard hard to listen but it was it was an interesting listen and and Tommy Warlow in particular sounded pretty upset by that. Thames been still stated on the Isthmian League website to be playing at Herne Bay on Saturday. That won't be happening unfortunately. Um, the rest of our Bostic League teams are all in F- FA Trophy action on Saturday. So we've got uh, Ramsgate going to AFC Hornchurch, uh, Whitstable Town going to Brentwood Town. Uh, Dorking Wanderers against Seven Oaks Town. Tough one that for Seven Oaks Town. Uh, Folks and Victor at home to Leatherhead. Herne Bay at home to Whittam. Hyde at home to Bishop Stortford. Margate at home to Potter's Bar. Uh, Sittingbourne at home to Wingate and Finchley. Tommy Jane at home to Whiteleaf. And VCD Athletic at home to Leaston. Um, we've said before, Matt, that you know this is a tough one. Uh, none of these teams are likely to win the competition. But for the likes of... Margate, a, a, a chance to get a win at home, which which they've struggled. Same for Tunbridge Angels. And both Sittingbourne and Hythe might think they've got a chance of a little upset in those games. 
yeah, I think um, Hive are good at home, sitting born and having a good season as well. Um, Ramsgate at AMC Ornchurch is a tough one. I'd be disappointed that game was called off against Margate, I would have thought, from that point of view, because they could have had a good eye on the opposition. Who do you say Margate have got? Potter's Bar Town, who are in the same league as them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think Margate, if they can get players fit, um, got a few long-term injuries, it's interesting to see if they can work in the market. Yeah, uh, Margate... You know, they should be a competition they want to probably do quite well in with all the Kent sides coming later in the competition. Yeah, I think there's no reason why we can't be celebrating a few wins uh, this time next week. Indeed. Um, in the Southern Kent's East League, um, this week has been mainly all about the Kent Senior Trophy for those teams at that level. So I did pause there because I've got my trophies and my cups mixed up. Um, looking down the results where most of those teams played on Saturday, I suppose the one, one result that really stood out for me was Wellingtown losing, Matt, to, uh, to St. Peter. Um, the team from Jersey are in the competition and, and they were 2-1 winners um, over Wellingtown at Bayless Avenue on Saturday. So that's put the cat amongst the pigeons, hasn't it? Yeah, I think Wellingtown, we saw, I thought one of the sides of their interest to see what level the standard they are from St. Peter's. Um, yeah, interesting competition. And I think we spoke to somebody about this, didn't we? I'm sure we did. I've spoken to somebody about this and how the, the, the Guernsey sides are really up for this competition because it gives them a a focal point to work on and they've gone there against Welling which is one of the top sides in, the, in that division they could probably play and they've got a good result so yeah we'll keep an eye out for that one but I'm, I still as you say I get confused with the Senior Cup trophy whatever it is for these ones hopefully we'll get them back into league action this weekend Yeah well, well we do there's also been a couple of league games um, there's one going on this evening which I haven't actually seen the score of yet oh Cray Valley 1 K-Sports 1 is the latest score in that one uh, but Beerstead beat Dealtown 4-2 uh, last night in the league. So, Deal have had a little bit of a blip um, this week. And an amazing stat coming out of the uh, of the scaffold this week that there's only been one nil-nil draw all season in both divisions so far. Absolutely incredible. That's amazing. Absolutely Every week now, we're looking out for a nil-nil. It shows the, the attacking threat and that and what a good division it is, I, I think, from that point of view. And long may that continue. There can't be many leagues that uh, um, don't have that, I would have thought. So, um yeah, great, great advert for a non-league football there. Yeah, and Saturday's fixtures, uh, they are back to league action, as you promised, as you hoped for, Matt. Uh, Canterbury City against Irith Town down at Faversham. Uh, Chatham Town against Tunbridge Wells. Corinthian against Croydon. Cray Valley against Fisher. Uh, Lordswood go to Crowborough. It's Deal against Beckenham. Glebe against Punjab United. Hollands and Blair against AFC Croydon. Rustle against K-Sports. And Sheppey United against Beersted. In there, and there's a few games in the first division. As always, all the fixtures and results are on the Scaffold website. Um, obviously, Matthew, uh, you will be heading for a couple of uh, Dover games this week and starting at Braintree. Yeah, I've got to Braintree. I've been to Braintree before. I've seen us win, lose, win a couple of times. So that is the proverbial 15 point relegation zone battle, really. Uh, a win for Dover will get them into double figures points for the season, which will be pleasing and probably. It was a bit of leeway for Braintree. Can't even think about it. What happens if we lose that game? Because that really put a thing. The next three games for Dover, I've got Dagenham on Tuesday as well. If we, if if it's a big if, I'm hoping we can get seven points out of the next nine. That will give us a a, a good lift um, from that point of view. But it's, it's going to be tough in Braintree. It's not the most nicest place to go, and I can't believe it's going to be a, a classic. But uh, I see Braintree's uh, home record is played eight. Drawn one, lost seven. So, and we haven't went away from home all seasons in the league. So, yeah, fingers crossed that that, that Hess Express can get three points because that would be uh, 
make my day if we can do that. And you know, and all the other Kent sides as well. So it's a big, I think, uh, a big, big week. I think that it's coming up for some of our sides. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously October is quite an important month, and and so is November, and and then you get into the Christmas period. So it feels like almost like it, the the early exchanges are kind of finished now, and now we're into the season proper. Yeah, yeah, I think. Um, yeah, there's a certain amount of time when you're thinking, oh, there's plenty of games for Dover to get through to get some results on the board. But now you're thinking, well, we better start. So, uh, yeah, I think, um, yeah, we need November time. Um, yeah, some big, big games coming up now. Now we've got to see see what our sides are made of. Excellent. Well, I might even get out to a game on Saturday. You don't know. There's a couple there that if I can get a pass, I might come out. Got As always, I've got lots on, but... Uh, we shall see. And lots of my lots on does include spending my Friday evening with Mr. Gerard as well. So, uh, you know, because we don't see enough of each other these days, do we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I can't, can't get away from you these days, John, can I? So, no, yes. I mean, we're off to see a comedy man. Come on, comedy. That's terrible. Dave Gorman, we're going to say. John's got, got a spare ticket. So, uh, as it's just down the road from us, uh, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, it should be very good. Um, that's pretty much it for this week's non, uh, Kent Non-League podcast because... To be honest with you, it's 20 to 9, The Apprentice is on, and I've missed the first bit, oh, so I'm going to have to good. whip through it, and I'd, I'd much rather be watching that than talking to Matt Gerrard. Um, good news if you're at eight, well, Paris won Napoli too, so I would have thought Paris Saint-Germain. Well, that's interesting. In a fit of uh, absolute annoyance, my phone has just passed away, uh, Kent on the podcast people, but obviously uh, Matthew Gerrard was going to tell you that uh, Paris Saint-Germain had lost at home to Napoli. Um, I will try and get him back on the line, because I'm sure he's going to sing something at the end of uh, the show as he normally likes to. But for now, all that I can really say, um, in fact, without Matt Gerard, because I will explain to him later what's happened. Um, but all I can say to you is thanks to everyone for listening. And thanks to Matt for his time. And uh, we will be back with you next week on your Kent Non-League podcast. Don't forget to follow us on social media, on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast and on Facebook at Kent Non-League. And we shall see you all next week. Thanks for listening. <laughs>